0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Womanity. I'm so happy to be here with expert and friend Dr. Jessica Jenkins. She's the owner and practitioner of B-Free PT. She received her doctorate of physical therapy from Duke University and her bachelor of science from Denison University in biology and chemistry. She's got more than a decade of experience treating patients from all walks of life, and I'm telling you, she is open, she's inclusive, and she's so welcoming. Her specialties include pelvic floor dysfunction, infertility, peripartum issues, the LGBTQIA population, lymphedema, TMJ disorders, and chronic pain. She's an adjunct professor at Walsh University, teaching the Introduction to Women's Health and Women's Health Elective. And she's a certified lymphedema therapist, as well as a certified Wim Hof method instructor, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Dr. Jenkins has lectured at multiple universities, gyms, and yoga studios, and she's co-created continuing education courses on treating pregnant and postpartum women, as well as TMJ dysfunction. In her spare time, she enjoys yoga, tennis, photography, videography, guitar, and hanging out with her partner and four terrific kids. It's My pleasure to welcome you, Dr. Jenkins. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited because I love pelvic floor physical therapists. I think I refer patients to you or to one of your colleagues probably 20 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) I've benefited from seeing you actually specifically um, myself and I'm always learning more and more from pelvic floor PT. PTs um, and from the field itself. So welcome to our show. And maybe we'll just start off by, can you just tell us what is pelvic floor PT and what why is it different from regular physical therapy?
1: Yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's a very specialized subset and I would say most schools even now don't do a great job of teaching their physical therapy students enough about pelvic floor physical therapy, like they don't get even enough exposure. To get people like kind of inspired to want to do it but it is very specific because we're treating a very kind of private area that not everyone's okay with dealing with or maybe good with dealing with so we treat anything to do with the pelvic floor which i just call it like if you have a problem with any of your three holes down there if you're female you're right so like your urethra where you pee from your vagina or your rectum that's what you would go see a pelvic floor therapist for. So we help with that area and really just the pelvis in general, like tailbone pain and uh, lower abdominal pain,
0: things like that. Cool. And you mentioned peripartum, postpartum and pregnancy. Like what does a pelvic floor physical therapist do for those populations?
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I feel like most people know about if they know about pelvic floor therapy, they know it's for like postpartum. They're like, Oh, I heard that in France you it's just a, Thing that you get, like every woman gets after she has a baby. But um, we do treat people during pregnancy. And so I feel like a lot of women go through pregnancy thinking like, oh, I just have to deal with this pubic pain, or I have to deal with this sciatica that's happening, um, or this incontinence, or even urgency and frequency we can help with <laughs> somewhat. So it would be a, a perfect thing to do to go to a pelvic floor therapist during pregnancy so you can get a little stronger and and realize what some of your issues are so that you're already kind of ahead of game once Mm -hmm. you have the baby.
0: Right. Because your body is changing so much during pregnancy. I think we don't even realize as women or even as medical providers how much strain is going to the pelvic floor.
1: Right. And we also think that, you know, well, what you're going through is really normal. And I would say like incontinence and things like that are common, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's normal and that we can help with it.
0: Mm -hmm. And so like during pregnancy, what do you see women most frequently for? Is it because of incontinence or I guess the the people, the few people who know that they could come see you while they're pregnant (laughs) and not, not just postpartum, what are they coming to you for?
1: So I would say mostly for pain. Like I think a lot of women think that being incontinent is normal and that it will just fix itself once they have the baby. So I would say I see a lot of pubic pain or sacroiliac pain. So kind of like that low back area. So as you know, but maybe listeners don't know, we have all sorts of fun hormones going through us, like relaxin that are actually like allowing our ligaments or our, our joints to become more um relaxed, right? Loose so that baby can fit through the pelvis, but it's actually all of our joints, not just the pelvic joints. Um, And so they can kind of just move in certain ways that uh, are really uncomfortable and not in this like secure locked way. And then you can get all kinds of pain um, especially in that region, but surely in other joints as well.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I've learned from you and um, some of your colleagues over the last couple of years is how much hip pain is related to the pelvic floor. And you know, we think these things are separate. I think you've given me the analogy, is it the of like the Coke can? Maybe you can explain what that is, like how how these muscles are related to your whole body and to your
1: core. Right. So actually, pelvic floor physical therapists, we can do internal. Pelvic exams. It's different from what you do. There's no speculums, there's no stirrups. Um, But we are feeling for how strong your muscles are, how coordinated they are, how much endurance you have, and to see if there's any tight areas. And deep in the pelvic floor are actually your hip rotator muscles. They help rotate your hip in. And so we can actually feel those inside. And so they are actually part of your pelvic floor muscles. So hip is absolutely a huge part of pelvic pain as well. So sometimes people come in with hip pain. And then I'm like, well, we've tried all these things. Maybe, maybe we can try an internal assessment. I can check those muscles out. And then we work on them and they're like, oh, that
0: was, that was everything I needed. Oh, that's awesome. And it, tell me more about the internal exam. Cause I think not everybody realizes when they're going to see a pelvic floor PC, even though the pelvic floor is inside <laughs> the vagina, or you can access it through the vagina or through the rectum, people don't realize that there might be some internal palpations, manipulation, all of that? Can you tell us a little bit about what they might expect from the internal portion of physical therapy? Sure. And I always start off
1: with telling people an internal examination is never necessary. It helps me to understand what's going on, and then therefore it helps you to know uh, what to do and can be uh, much more efficient at treating you, Um, but it's, it's never, you know, hundred percent necessary. It just gives us lots of good information and therefore better interventions for you. So it's always up to you. And we talk about it and consent matters, right? Even, maybe even especially the medical world, because I feel like people just go to their doctors and they just like, people will say, okay, we're doing internal exam. There's no, there's no, like, do you want to, are you okay with that? Have you ever had trauma? Um, And and that that needs that conversation needs to happen. And I feel like it's a safe place here. You know, we typically get to see people for at least an hour for their exam. So we have plenty of time to safe space to say no, thank you, at least today. Also,
0: the fact that people have so much time with you is really helpful to know. Yeah,
1: it's a luxury that um, hopefully will continue on. So if you do consent to a pelvic floor exam, internal examination. It just involves a single digit, so finger, gloved finger, internal exam. And I will have you squeeze your muscles, so like you're trying to do a Kegel. And um, I've seen research that says up to 90% of women who are taught specifically, yeah. individually, how to do a Kegel still don't do it correctly. So it makes it much easier for me to know if you're right. <laughs> able to do a a kegel or not, Uh right? Because some people are like, oh, yeah, I've been doing kegels forever and they don't seem to be helping. And I'm like, oh, because you're bearing down or you know, not engaging those muscles. It allows me to feel if you're using those muscles, how strong they are. Again, I test coordination, endurance, if you're having an incontinence or weakness problem. And then there's palpation. So that's just me gently touching. I'm not ever trying to cause you a lot of pain. I just want to see if when I do press gently that if, if it causes pain and then I can kind of increase pressure. But generally, having an internal exam should feel like pressure. Maybe not the most fun thing you've ever done, but it shouldn't be painful. So I say... Things like burning, stinging, stabbing, pinchy, all these things are not normal sensations when you have an internal exam.
0: But you could also treat that if you find on an exam, then you would help somebody work through that through physical therapy. Yes, yes. Through sort of like internal
1: stretching. I never use the word massage when we do things internally. I had a guy call me recently. I heard you do this like internal massage. I'm like, no massage.
0: <laughs> I don't right. know. It just doesn't that, sound right. Right. You know? sound right
1: no. uh, it's, it's more of an internal stretch and, okay. and finding those right muscles in the right areas and desensitization to that area is what we would do internally
0: if you needed me. And speaking of stretching, I I see all these awesome pelvic floor physical therapists on social media who show all these different stretches, which I think is great. But at the same time, if you don't know what those stretches are for, or if you need to be doing those stretches, can it be harmful? You should... I'd probably be assessed by a physical therapist. First. Yeah.
1: It's so great that we have social media and like, you don't have to necessarily go to a pelvic floor physical therapist to treat yeah. something. Some things are okay if you, if you learn from someone online. And then sometimes you do things that are like the opposite of what you want to do. So now the, it's, I feel like it's becoming more widely known that like you should, not everyone should just be doing kegels, right? Because sometimes you have high tone in your muscles right. Right. and you're doing kegels and now you're making more, tone that you don't need and that is actually making you weaker it's okay to go online and look for help but sometimes you just need to see the pelvic floor therapist once right to give you the assessment and say here's what would be good for you here's who you should follow
0: Hi, friends. I'm here to remind you to subscribe and like to the podcast. I love doing this. I love bringing people on, but I need to know if you're actually listening to me. I get no feedback out here. So I know things are going out. And then suddenly I'll talk to someone and they say, oh yeah, I love your podcast. It's awesome. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening. So if you want to stay in the know, you want to get notified when new episodes come back, please, please, please subscribe and like. Go into your podcast and you just, in the upper right corner, you press the plus sign and it turns to a check mark, and then you're subscribing. And then, of course, you can like it, five stars, of course, right, if you can, please. And if you use Spotify, if you use Zencaster, whatever you use, it's fine. Just please subscribe and like. Thank you. I tell patients that all the time because, unfortunately, people are hesitant to try something new. And I have patients who sometimes are concerned, and especially my patients with pelvic pain who would really benefit... From a public floor physical therapist, they can be really nervous to see a public floor physical therapist if they haven't done it before. I try to tell them, just go once, get an evaluation, make a plan and start there. Yeah. The fear of the unknown, right?
1: Or like doing something you've never done before. It's like, yeah, I could, but also I don't have any time and she's going to tell me to come twice a week or something like that. And I have kids. So I understand that fear, but you're right. Like even just coming once and getting some information, you're personal self-evaluated and not just like going off on the internet is worth a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, tell me a little bit more about what you do with fertility treatment, because that's that's totally new to me. I didn't know you could get any sort of fertility help from a pelvic floor physical therapist. Tell me what that is about.
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit of the background of that, because not all Tell floor physical therapists um, are trained in fertility techniques. So I remember hearing about it when I was at Duke in uh, physical therapy school and I was taking my women's health elective in, in physical therapy, I think because there's more research on women for pelvic things. We just called it women's health. And like women tend to get the short end of the stick
0: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. all
1: medical things. So I'm not yeah. mad that it's called women's health, but sometimes I'm like, oh, well I do pelvic health and that doesn't necessarily mean just right. women. Right. And I remember hearing about this clinic um, that did fertility treatments and how they were very considered their technique proprietary and anybody they hired, if they had to sign their life away and like they would not reveal what happened to them if they went there, but I was like so interested. I was, like that would be amazing if I could learn this, and I'm never going to get to learn because there's only one clinic. And then I was taking this. It was a myofascial release course, and Ramona Horton was teaching it. She's very well known in the pelvic floor world, and she was saying they were doing her and uh, Mary, Mary Ellen Cramp were doing a study on whether these um manipulations that they were using on their patients were going to make women more fertile and based on their experience they're like this is really working and so they created this study which is still going on where some of the participants are getting just like global massage kind of like you know placebo or whatever and then getting these specific techniques is another group so the the intervention group and it, the trial still going on. So I don't, I'm not in touch with them anymore, but I was trained to be a part of this trial, unfortunately, but also it's a good thing. When I was working at university hospitals, we had a very strict IRB, the institutional review board, right? And so they were like, this is not up to our standards. And we needed to be a little bit more refined, but I couldn't refine it because I wasn't the like primary yeah, it was, person.
0: Yeah, yeah, somebody else was
1: leading it. Gotcha. Right. So were These but patients
0: I, with like endometriosis, or so it would be
1: for specifically for people who have known blockages, so who have had that HSG, and they're like, oh, there's there's some blockages there. Right. People who've had ectopic pregnancies, endometriosis, pelvic inflammatory disease. But also sometimes it just works for those who are have like unknown, right? I particularly also work on nutrition and making sure these women are getting, you know, the right vitamins and nutrients that they need. And, uh, you know, it's just nice to have someone to look to for a guide and you're not just like alone trying to figure out your fertility. But we do specific um, hands-on uh, manuals therapy to assess the fascia that or the connective tissue that surrounds like the uterus and the fallopian tubes and we're just seeing if anything's restricted and then we use some very specific manual techniques to try to release that and we do lymphatic drainage to help kind of clear any excessive inflammation that's in there that also might be blocking the fallopian tubes so it's really a kind of a magical thing <laughs> I would oh, say. I've taken my own little data points, no, yeah. no real research there. And about a third of the women that come see me will get pregnant and carry to term. So that's not equal or not, if not better than all of <laughs> IVF clinics. Yeah, actually. It's a lot less expensive and a lot less invasive and there's no like Great. hormone therapy. It's so fun to work
0: with that's these patients. So cool. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know anything about that. Okay. Another thing I don't know much about, except I know a little bit about, because I didn't mention earlier, Dr. Dickens is, um, lives in my neighborhood and we regularly go running together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Wim Hof technique. I've learned a little bit because I remember when you were going to a conference or like a training course on it in Spain, but tell us about it because it sounds so interesting and and I'd love to learn more. Yes. So, the Wim Hof method. I got into it because of a
1: patient who was coming to see me. He was coming to see me for pelvic pain and these two things happen together often, anxiety and pelvic pain. <laughs> it's like we love to hold our stress in our shoulders and our jaw and also our our pelvic, pelvic floor. floor. <laughs> So he was coming to me for this and he was like, I was listening to this Joe Rogan podcast and this guy was on it. His name was Wim Hof and he has this specific breathing technique that's supposed to help with anxiety and depression. And I tried it and it was like really amazing. Like the feeling I was so amazing afterwards. I was like, oh, I'm so interested. And then he was like, and there's also this cold water exposure part of it to his method. And I was like, oh, I'm out. Bye. I'm not doing this. I am a freeze baby. I, maybe nine months out of the year, I would complain to my husband about why do we live here? It's so cold in Cleveland. It's dreary and snowy and I'm freezing and I just want to be in the sunshine and and be warm. So I was like hard no to this guy. Like maybe I'll try the breathing. Yeah. So I tried the breathing and it, I did feel kind of magical afterwards. I looked more into it and I was actually really drawn into it because there were some studies that uh, were intriguing to me. So I'll I'll briefly go over it. Wim Hof is known for doing all sorts of kind of extreme things. And he has like over 20 world records for doing these kind of extreme things like, oh, being submerged in ice for the longest amount uh, or like running marathon in the desert without drinking any water. So um, he has like this kind of like control over his autonomic nervous system in that he's able to control his body temperature. So scientists were like interested in that and they were like already doing this study on injecting people with E. coli. It was dead E. coli, but still still E. coli. <laughs> so they're like, can we inject you with this and see what happens? <laughs> and of course he was like, yeah, sure. Because he's this kind of crazy, like fun guy. Right, and he, right. he knew that he was had discovered something that was kind of also magical, right? So they inject him with E. coli and most people, or really all people who were injected with it would get sick, right? So your body thinks it's something bad and, you know, you get...
0: Fever, yeah. chills,
1: right? Diarrhea, vomiting, headaches, stuff like that. And he, uh, what he did was he had started getting a little headache after they injected him. And then he started doing his breathing method. And then he had no symptoms. They went away. Th- a little teeny bit of headache he had went away. And they were checking his blood and taking samples. And they were running running labs and stuff. And what they found was that he was actually decreasing his um, pro-inflammatory response. So these cytokines, and he was increasing his anti-inflammatory response, um, which they were like, wow, you are a freak of nature. And I don't know how you're doing this, but very cool. He's like, no, I don't think I'm a freak of nature. I think I can teach people this. And so like, okay, we'll do like a bigger study. So they studied 12 men that learned his method. So they did like the breathing, uh, a mindset, meditation, Um, And then cold exposure. And then 12 men were that worth the control who did not learn the method. So all 12 men that learned his method were injected with E. coli and they got minimal to no symptoms. And then all 12 were like severely sick. Wow. And so even though that's a small study, I felt like the results were very divergent. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, I'll try it Uh, mostly because I didn't want to be cold anymore. Uh (laughs) so you start off with like really gentle like cool showers and you work towards getting cold you don't want to just jump in in an ice bath and four years later here I am still practicing every day I do a cold shower every day and sometimes a cold plunge and I have seen it wipe away my seasonal depression. I feel like my mood is better. Even my husband was like, I don't want this to sound bad, but like, I just feel like you're regulating your emotions a lot better than you used to. a really nice way to put it. Right. And, and I, I just feel like it's a great adjunct to pelvic floor therapy because so many people come in with anxiety, depression, PTSD, it's showing good research evidence for uh, even though they're small studies for helping people with autoimmune diseases, because it it suppresses the immune system, which people with autoimmune diseases have like too much immune system. I have ever um, had labs drawn and gotten positive antibodies for, um, like basically Hashimoto's thyroiditis which is autoimmune, autoimmune disease and ever since I've been practicing I haven't gotten antibodies so that's I'm there so in zero. Okay, so that's got to be the Wim Hof method because really nothing else has changed since I've had those labs done.
0: Wow. So much that we don't understand about the human body. So learning new methods, new techniques and learning things like that is is really amazing cool. So okay so you teach patients or patients can come in, like, or people who are coming in to see you can also kind of benefit from that as well as part of your practice? Absolutely.
1: So I teach them the breath work, which I feel like is the gateway drug into (laughs) the Wim Hof method. That's right. Not everybody is certified in Wim Hof. I don't know any other uh, therapists who are, I mean, there probably are somewhere out there in the world. I'm the only one I know of, at least (laughs) in the Cleveland area. It's just now becoming more popular, like People are starting to do ice baths, and they're realizing that's good for their health. Um, so I, I offer that here at Be Free PT Clinic. If you want to I take used an, ice, to do an bath.
0: ice bath every day at track it. in college, oh my god, I shouldn't. It was it was painful, but I made a good <laughs> friend who also had to do ice bath every day, he and we were still buddies because of that trauma bonding.
1: <laughs> but like. Look at you. You're so resilient. Like all the things you've done is probably all those ice baths.
0: (laughs) I know. Do you need to do that for uh, for non-injury, I'm not sure. (laughs) But but, you are convincing me of some benefits here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's safety involved with that. So not everyone should be jumping into an ice bath and not everyone should be doing the breathing method. Right. Um, yeah. So that's why it's important that you see a Wim Hof Method instructor specifically that for that.
0: Oh, well, this has been so awesome. I've learned so much. I mean, I think you're an incredible public floor physical therapist. I'm so excited for the practice that you've opened and all the more people you'll be able to treat that way. And I would just encourage anyone listening who wants to learn more to, if you're in the Cleveland area, check out Dr. Jenkins practice, be free PT. If they're not in the Cleveland area, is there any, I know there's like pelvic guru. Is there anything that you recommend for finding a good pelvic floor physical therapist? Yeah. um,
1: I I also see people virtually. I don't highly recommend that if you need some manual care, but Sometimes, you know, I'll be able to direct you, but if you need a pelvic floor therapist, there's a great resource. It's you Google Herman and Wallace, and then there's a, the pelvic teaching Institute that most pelvic floor therapists have taken courses through and they have like a find a practitioner button. And so you just type in your zip code and you can type miles you're willing to travel to see one and you can most likely find someone pretty close to you unless you're very rural.
0: Thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Yes, thanks, Rachel.